With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. everyone and welcome to the special simulcast of the neil haley show on your beautiful day on the gratitude radio network i'm neil haley and i'm excited to welcome the program first one of my co-hosts again jen mogg mother of gratitude jen how are you hey how are you i'm doing great thank you and i hope everybody that's listening has had a week filled with gratitude one way or another and we're here to show you some light in your life and hopefully let you hear some beautiful things that we have on our show today, especially one of the men that we have on our show today. But without further ado, I'd like to introduce you to my life coach, Pearl Sharenza. Hey, everybody. Hope you guys are having an amazing day. I'm so excited to be on here. Um, and I cannot wait to hear more about our amazing guests because it's, <laughs> it's, it's my genre of music. So I'm so jazzed about this. So um, Neil, I'm going to hand it right off to you. Let's get going. Oh, so am I introducing today, Jen? Uh, all right. So that's simple. And then, that way you uh, won't be outnumbered. Oh, uh, exactly. Whenever I can get a mail on the program, I'm excited. I've only had a few when we've done this simulcast. So I'm excited to welcome the program. Uh, musician Josh Gallagher. We know him from The Voice. He was a voice finalist. Josh, thanks for stopping by. And, you know, when I start thinking about things, Josh, how are you surviving the pandemic? Because that's... Uh, the as a musician, you know, what, what yeah. month sixth, sixth month or where I don't know, I, I've lost track. Yeah. I don't know. It's uh, it's been, it's been some months. We'll just put it that way. <laughs> um, no, man, it's, uh, it's been a little bit tough, you know, um, as far as, uh, you know, not being able to play any shows, my, my, you know, not just me, not just my tour got canceled, but everybody else's tours canceled right. also. Um, so we're pretty much looking at 2021 right now. So, um, we're just kind of all the shows and all the tour that we had booked for this year. We're concentrating on trying to fill those exact same dates with those same venues for next year. And um, it's been, uh, it's, it hasn't been too bad though. I mean, nothing's been, uh, you know, too crazy, uh, but we're, we're keeping the roof over our heads and uh, still paying the bills. So <laughs> everything is good there. All right. And let's see, that's the, the part of the process is the shift. And I'm sure you had to definitely have that shift. And we'll talk about that. But go ahead, uh, Jen, for your first question for Josh. Hey, Josh, I'd like for you to share with our listeners where you grew up and how music had inspired you as a child. Yeah, so uh, I grew up in uh, Crescent, Pennsylvania, and uh, which is uh, about two hours east of Pittsburgh. And, um, and uh, man, I don't know. I, I, I how did I get into music? I've, I've always been, you know, interested in music, but I guess it kind of started whenever, um, I guess it kind of started whenever I, I, I played, I picked up my first guitar whenever I was 10, my parents got for me. And, um, 
I don't know where that came from. I just was interested and wanted to learn how to play the guitar one day. I guess I'm the only one in my family who uh, who is musically inclined. I guess you could say. <laughs> you could say. So um, so I don't really know where it came from. You know what I mean? I don't I don't know where the inspiration for me wanting to learn to play music and uh, get into it came from. It just kind of happened one day. But um, yeah, I'm all self taught. I started playing whenever I was ten, and um, and uh, it just kind of went from there. You know, growing up in uh, small town playing different uh, little garage bands and little punk rock uh, <laughs> bands you know the garage bands that kids do and and uh played in a couple of those and we played around the area quite a bit whenever we were younger in middle school and then into high school a little bit and then and then uh, once everybody got into high school we kind of you know went our separate ways everybody got busy with uh with jobs and sports and girlfriends and all that other stuff so um so uh but I can I still continue to play even though I was I was still playing you know I was playing baseball and football in high school, um, so yeah so I just always played music I just never really looked at it as a as a career choice you know what my goal was whenever I was in high school was to uh, I wanted to play pro ball because mm-hmm. I was I was a, I was a really good baseball player and uh, I miss playing ball sorry sidebar but <laughs> but uh but no so I always played music and. Uh, and I was always, I always used to be really shy. You know, my parents would ask me if, uh, go, get, go grab your guitar and play us a song. You'd be sitting on the porch and I'd be like, nope, I ain't doing that. You know, I was always really, really shy about it. And then, um, you know, graduated high school and then I went to uh, Penn State McKeesport to play baseball. And, uh, you know, I took my guitar and all my stuff out there and playing in the dorms, the, what, the walls are, you know, paper thin, they're dorm walls. So I didn't really have a choice but to get over my fear of playing in front of people because, you know, you play in a dorm, it's all echoey, whether the doors are shut or not. So everyone's going to hear you. So that kind of got me over my fear of doing that. And then uh, I ended up dropping out of school, moving back in with my parents in 2011 or 12. I think it was 11 or 12. I can't remember. But uh, I didn't know what I was going to do with my life at that point. I was still trying to figure stuff out. So uh, I started playing acoustic shows out around the different bars and clubs around Crescent and Portage and Lily and Glitzen. Um, and uh, started playing all those places. And every, every show that I played after about a, a year of doing it, every venue that I played just started kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger. So I did that for about two years. And then um, in that time I met my, my now wife, Lindsay, we were obviously dating back then. And, um, she was going to Penn State, and she said after she graduated from college, she wanted to move out of out of state to find work anyway. So after about two years of me playing around town and around the area, um, a bunch of my buddies and a bunch of peoples and people and fans that I've gained at that point were like, man, you need to go to Nashville. You're too good to stay around here and do, you know, you need to try to do this professionally and at least give it a shot. And for a while, I was like, yeah, I don't know, I was, whatever. I still wasn't taking it seriously at the time, but then I was like, well, I mean, I could give it a shot. <laughs> you know? So, so, um, so then I, I talked to Lindsay and, uh, and she loved the idea. Like I said, she wanted to move out of state to work anyway. So it just kind of worked out there. And uh, after she graduated in uh, 2014, we, um, we picked up uh, on August 18th. We moved down here in 2014. So. Well, no, I have to I have to interrupt before I let Pearl get the next question. Yeah. You're going to my old stomping grounds completely. Penn State McKeesport, I graduated from Sarah Catholic. 
in McKinney. Oh, did you? Up the hill. Yeah. yeah, that's where I got my my I, I, undergrad, and then uh, basically also as a former professional wrestler. So I would wrestle around the McKeesport area, especially yeah. East, in the mall and stuff for PWX and NWA East. I don't know. That's back in back to, uh, time period. I don't know when you graduated from uh, uh, Penn. I mean, went to Penn State McKeesport, but right. it was a, but it's a safer part of McKeesport. That's what everyone you have to let people know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Parts of McKeesport. There's there McKeesport are. a couple miles down the road, and then there's the McKeesport, and then up the hill, uh, Sarah, yep. which is yep. really East McKeesport, right? That's how right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. That's pretty cool. Small world. Look at that. <laughs> yeah, all these different kind of connections. I live in Gibsonia in the Pine Richland School District area now. So okay, nice. Yeah, I got you. All right, cool. so Pearl, next question. But so I didn't know the connectivity. I heard Pennsylvania. They always say that they think that Pittsburgh's close to Philadelphia. The problem is it isn't. But it's no, it's not at all. It's two different no, no, no. parts of the state. You know, yeah. oh, you're, you're, you, I'm from Philadelphia. Um, I have a guest that's from Philly. I'm like, so what? They might as well so? be in New York City. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Okay. All right, Pearl. Are you from Pennsylvania? Where are you from? Philly? That's cool. I don't care. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what matters. You better, exactly. be a Steeler, you better be a Steeler fan you're that close. That's uh, right. Exactly, yeah. Are you a Steeler fan? Oh, absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Here hey, you go. Well, look. I'm really there, in terrible. trouble now. Okay. okay, I love it. I love it. There, we're definitely we're definitely. All right, so, so <laughs> I'm in trouble now because I'm a Bills fan, you guys. So, oh, that, <laughs> yeah, if we had a real quarterback, we would have won. If Duck Hodges just would decide just to hand off the ball, we would have beat you, and then that we might have been. You know, if, if Norway yeah. got it straight, we would have won, right? But oh, we're not going to talk about the Bills. Come on, yeah. man. I feel bad for you there. I'm really aging myself here. Josh, I was sitting here thinking about your mom because as you were telling your story, it reminded me of my oldest. So, my oldest played football, not baseball. Um, my oldest right. had the dream of, you know, going off to college and living, you know, that, that big dream of playing ball in school. And and as you were telling your story, I remember, you know, I could just imagine your mom sitting there and in that same spot going, oh, now he's coming home and he's going to go play music. Right. <laughs> so, you know, so, um, you know, I've always told my son, whatever you want to do, just go after your dream as long as it's something you enjoy and you love to do. Right. And right. it was funny. You said, I miss playing ball and he'll say to this day, I miss playing ball. Or, you know, so I just felt like, like I was like <laughs> in your mom's shoes as you were saying. Yeah, we're, so that leads me to my question is, so how did your folks take it when you said, you know what, I'm dropping out. I'm not going to do school anymore. And I'm hopping after my dream. Uh, well, the dropping out part wasn't, uh, wasn't all that great, but, <laughs> but, uh, um, yeah, they weren't, they weren't exact. I wouldn't, I wouldn't say they were exactly happy with me dropping out of school, but, um, no, I mean, see, the, the, here's the thing about me is like my, my parents have always, they've always been super supportive in everything and anything that I've, you know, I've wanted to do that I've had an interest in. Um, but you know, going to school for me, the real reason I went to school to be honest with you is not was to play ball. I just wanted to play baseball, but I've, I've never, I was never a, a, a great student, you know, in school. So, um, it just kind of, I think they realized along the same time that I realized that I didn't want to go to school. Right. I think they realized that like they followed me on that. Like they were like, well, he's not really interested in doing this school thing. So like they were, they were upset when I dropped out of school, obviously. Um, but, but what my parents are really, really good at is, is letting me, uh, find my own way because, you know, once, once you turn 18 and you go off and you move to college, you're still a kid. I personally still think 18 is too young to go to college because you're a kid. You don't know what you want to do yet, my opinion. 
but whatever. <laughs> um, but, you know, you go off to school and, and you kind of figure out what you're doing and what you want to do or maybe what you don't want to do. And um, I think the biggest thing that, that is, is good for parents to do is, is you know, kind of let their kid figure it out for themselves. Now, if they start to go off the trail a little bit, you know, bring them back and, you know, that's what parents are for. They're, they're, they're there to guide you at that age. Whenever you're that age, they're done parenting. They're just there to guide you and help you move along to, um, you know, better yourself. So they were very, very good about that. Like, they're super cool. Actually, my parents are the best people in the world. I don't care. Like, <laughs> like they're, right. my parents are awesome. But so they were a little bit disappointed at first. But I think what happened, to be honest with you, is whenever I moved back home, I was, you know, I was working at uh, a plant, a company called J-Lock uh, in Crescent, uh, right up the hill from my house and my parents' house. And I was playing music on the weekends. And so I had a full-time job and I was making money and I was making a couple a couple extra bucks on the weekend. And I think what happened was, is whenever I started playing out, um, there was a huge crowd there of all my friends. My very first show I played out by myself after I moved back from uh, Pittsburgh or McKeesport rather, was a play uh, a, a club called Sokols in Lily, Pennsylvania, which is a town right next to mine. And it was the first show I played there. And I haven't played out at that point since I was 13 or 14, maybe. So it's been a long time. And uh, it was packed. The whole place was freaking packed. So, like, I think it was kind of like, I think they might have kind of looked at each other and been like, you might be able to do something with this before I even realized that I wanted to do something with it. You know what I mean? So, I mean, they were, they were super supportive. And then obviously the more, the more shows I played, like I said, the bigger the venues got, the more people that they saw were, were the more people that I was gaining fans, you know, the more they saw that they were like, oh, he's kind of good at this. Like, so, so they, uh, they completely supported my decision to move down here to Nashville and, and chase my dream. And, and, um, uh, I mean, Mom and Dad, if you're listening, even if you wouldn't have approved, I probably would have still moved down here anyway. <laughs> but yeah. but uh, no, nah, man, they were great about it. They really were. They were uh, they were awesome. They still support me to this day, and um, and it, it kind of makes me, you know, it kind of makes me proud to, um, you know, have a little bit of success so far in my career and be able to hold my own as a musician because this is the only thing I do. I don't. This is my job. You know, I don't work another just so. Um, being able to do that one is a proud thing for me, but it also makes me proud because I feel like, I feel like I didn't let my parents down. You know, after I dropped out of college, I was like, man, cause like, that's the worst thing. I think whenever you're, whenever you're a kid at any age yeah. is like disappointing your parents. You know what I mean? Right. So when I dropped out of school, I was like, I was like, they're going to hate me for forever. <laughs> but, they didn't. And they didn't. And they Josh, didn't. Yeah, they didn't. Yeah. So I have a story, another relationship. I took, I left school, undergrad, to go be a pro wrestler for a while. And then went yeah. back and got my degree. So I was minor leagues. So I decided, okay, I'm going to go. It's the summer. I'm going to go work. I was wrestling while going to school. And I said, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to make leap faith. I'm going to go down south the Jonesboro from Pittsburgh and, and go wrestle because I can wrestle every night of the week in Arkansas, Missouri and yeah. Tennessee. So, you know, working every night's much better than working, just, you know, playing the weekends. You play yeah. every day, you become better and better at your craft. Just like, Oh yeah. Yeah. You gotta go mm -hmm. to Nashville where you can play more than just weekend bars. You can play right, exactly. venues and all over because it's just, it's how it is. And so I went there and I decided to, to drop off at summer. I said, made a call. I said, I'm staying. I'm not going back. 
because it was really not for me at that time. And that's right. the thing that Josh, you brought up that I think is such a great point is that we don't look at the mentality. And I love what Pearl says to do stuff, what you love, but also do stuff you're good at. If you're, yeah. you love something, you're not good at it. Don't waste your time. But if you have talent and you love doing it, even if it doesn't bring the money home, it's mm -hmm. something that gives you that passion and that. So it's passion, but it's also, you enjoy doing it. Passion and just work. It has to go in between in a lot of ways in the middle, but it has to be something that you can make some money, but also are good at Because yeah. if you're not good at yeah, yeah. it, why the heck are you struggling doing this? And then you're going to be just never amount to anything. So I, I love that story. So that's kind of a relationship I did. I went down South wrestled for a while till I became a teacher. So, but I, I would not have found any of that if I wouldn't have gone on that direction. So I got my undergrad and grad master's degree. So, okay. Next that's, question yeah, so, I'm to kind of share with you, Josh, is yeah, that, that's a, the similar paths we've had. Yeah, uh, yeah. But I did the same thing, and it's hard. Because yeah. you're like, oh, my gosh. You dream, is, night you're dreaming you're in the classroom when you're not supposed to be in the classroom. I've had this. Yeah. And I had those dreams in the wrestling ring still, and I've been retired for X amount of years. So there you go. Right. So, <laughs> gotcha. I'll bring you on the baseball field as well. Okay. All right. <laughs> Next question. You are so funny. Well, no, taking that leap of faith is everything. And I think it's extraordinary that you had such a great foundation. That is amazing because that just gives you, that propels you further. What were some of your goals that you had for yourself after you dropped out of school and decided that you're all in and this is what you're doing and this is the where, where you're going? Right. Um, I'll be a hundred percent honest with you. I didn't, I didn't know if I had, I wasn't sure that I actually had any goals after, you know, after I dropped out as far as like uh, you know, playing music and moving down here. I, 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 I mean, obviously I didn't move down here. Okay. So let me, let me just rephrase this. I, so I moved down here to sign, you know, to try and sign a record deal, obviously like that's what majority of people move down here to do, whether that be a record deal or a publishing deal or whatever, you know? So, um, so that was, that was my ultimate goal. And, um, and, uh, but I, I still didn't know, I didn't know how I was going to get to that point because I've never, you know, at that point when we moved down here, I knew I was going to be playing music. I just didn't know how to get in. I didn't know how to get my foot in the door. I didn't know anybody down here. So, um, I just kind of went around bar to bar and, and asked who booked each venue in each place. And they either gave me a number or told me the manager will come out and the manager never came out or the manager did come out. <laughs> so, um, and then I, I, uh, I met these girls, uh, uh, Haley and Sarah, they're a duo in Steel Blossoms and they're actually from Pittsburgh also. Um, oh, really? yeah, yeah. And they moved down here the exact same year and the exact same time that Lindsay and I did. Didn't know each other before that. Just a coincidence that I, you know what, you know, what I think it is, I think somehow people from Pennsylvania just somehow flock together all wherever all over the world all over the country i feel like that happens all the time for some reason but so i met these girls right uh Haley and sarah was um with the steel blossoms and uh they were playing at a bar called tootsies and they said to me that tootsies does every saturday from two to six i think it was they do uh open auditions if you want to go uh sing with the house band and uh whether that be sing or play drums or guitar or whatever um and you can go audition and sing or play or do whatever your instrument is and then uh, go and give them your information, fill out this little sheet, and then they'll, uh, they'll get a hold of you if they want you to come back or if they don't want you to come back, then you won't hear from them. So I did that, and then um, 
got into there and played there for a while. And then from there, I just kind of uh, started figuring out how to network with different people, you know, kind of putting myself out of my own comfort zone, um, which is something that you have to do down here if you're not used to networking and going up to random people and being like, hey, so you have something and I have something. Let's work something out. You know what I mean? So uh, I had to get over that fear. So I just started networking with people in the uh, in the Tootsies, Honky Tonk Central, Rippies organization and then started meeting other players who played at this other place and this other place and um, just started doing some more research and using those connections to – get to this connection to get me to connect with my producer who I still work with now for my producer hooked me up with this label and this publisher and this all the So it's just kind of like a waterfall effect. You just kind of, you just got to really put yourself out there and, and do it because nobody's going to do it for you. You know, so you really got to, you really got to make yourself actually to be honest with you. I think the best way to do it is to make yourself uncomfortable and really step out of your own shell and be a little bit forward because no one's going to do it, do, it, do it for you, one. And two, you just got to start beating down doors, you know. Um, that's just kind of how you got to do it. There's no real formula. So as far as goals go, I, was, I wasn't really sure. You know, I wasn't sure how I was going to get to the goal of signing a record deal or a pub deal or whatever. But, um, Did you have and, one uh, song that came across? Is this is like your signature song? This is your – because you write your own music, right? Yeah, 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 I do. I'm still, yeah, so, uh, no, at the time I did. I mean, I was writing, but um, uh, I wasn't writing uh, a whole, whole lot, you know. I moved, you know, I actually learned about the whole writing side of the music business here in Nashville after we moved down here, you know. So I was writing a little bit of music back home before we moved here, but um, I didn't realize uh, the the whole music, uh, the songwriter side of the music industry till we got down here. So. Um, and they kind of did the same thing, you know, with, with songwriting. I got, uh, I started getting into these little songwriter groups and circles and started meeting this person and said, okay, cool. I wrote this song with this person. It's good. I wrote this song with this person and it was okay. So maybe give them another shot, but definitely go back to this person. And this person leads you to that other person who they write really good with. So then they bring you in on a write with those two. So it's just, and then it just kind of trickles from there. So, um, so yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I still, I still have, I still haven't signed my I still haven't signed my record deal or my pub deal. We're shopping right now for for um, for different record labels and publishing companies. But um, <clears throat> but the, all the prep work and all the things that I've done over the past six years, I wouldn't you know I wouldn't be able to sit here probably even with you guys. To be honest with you, right now without all that stuff that I learned how to do and and was taught and uh, you know figured out along the way. So. Um, the goal is still not quite met, but I've met a lot of small goals to get me to this point. So well, it's, it's I, guess getting, I guess then uh, getting on the voice was something that, yes, that, go, that helped the process. Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah. That, that definitely helped. That wasn't uh, that wasn't a goal of mine. That just was the right place, right time to be honest with you. <laughs> yeah. So tell yeah. me that wasn't a goal, but it was a next big break to that where you want to oh go. yeah yes. exactly yeah man for sure so i like so before i actually got on the voice on season 11 uh and before we ever ever even moved down here to nashville i had i had auditioned the open call auditions i did that twice before one in philly and one in new york city and uh they didn't take me either either one which is fine something different um so i gave that a shot twice and i was like okay well that didn't work so 
on to the next. Let's figure out how to get to the next, another avenue, you know? So moved down to Nashville, moved down to Nashville. I was playing at a play. I was playing at a club or a club a bar called uh, The Row. It's over in Nashville. It's in Midtown. And um, it's a little small place, acoustic set. It was a Thursday in June. I'll never forget it. And it was just right place, right time. The guy that books that place just so happened to have connections with American Idol and The Voice. And while I was playing in the middle of my set, he goes, do you want to audition for The Voice? And I was like, sure. You know, what could it, it's not going to hurt anything. So, uh, so he took a couple videos and sent them to his contact. And about 20 minutes later, while I was still playing, he goes, all right, they want you for a private audition in Atlanta next week. So that's just like, that's how that happened. So that wasn't, there wasn't a goal for me to move down to Nashville and try to get on the voice, but it was right place, right time to help me move forward to gain, to, to, you know, achieve the goal that I'm trying to, you know, so it's still the goal. The goal still has yet to be reached, but the voice was a blessing. That that is that has helped so much. <laughs> well, you you said a couple of things there, like stretching. You're going outside your comfort zone. Stretching your comfort zone. You know, you might not have a goal, but like, don't be afraid to be afraid. Right? Don't be afraid. Right. To yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Into it. Don't be afraid to you know put yourself out there because if you don't put yourself out there nobody's going to know who you are. If you sit back behind the four walls or at a job, nobody's going to know who you are. So I think that's really awesome because it's a lot of what I do when I coach the women that I coach is like, if you say, and you don't go after a goal, at least try to go after a vision or something that you have a passion for. You'll never know if it's going to, if you're going to be great at it. So, and right. like you said, you always be performing. Like you're at the right place at the right time. If you hadn't been doing your performing that you normally do and just said, Oh, it's not working. I'm just going to go here and, you know, play this, the set. You know, yeah. who knows what would have happened? You know, sure. I watched them. Um, a friend of mine's daughter, her um, her name is Brooke Eden. She's, I don't know if you've yeah. met her. Um, yeah. I've watched her grow up. I watched her, you know, over in West Palm Beach where I grew up. I watched her go through the whole process, like what you're doing. And like, she never gives up, you know? So, the, so to never give up on that goal, even though you don't have that, you have a goal, you just... You know, you you said it twice. Get you know, get get sign or get a pub sign. So you've got that goal, but you're still chasing yeah. it. So yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Just, to say to go after. I think that's really important that people get that from what we're talking about today. Well, I think that's a, I think that's such a big thing, and I agree with you. I, uh, it's man, it's like even today, even still now to this day, there's some stuff that I'm like, I don't know, I'm not really comfortable with that. But then I'm like, you know what? I've done this so far in my career. Screw it. I'm just gonna. I'm just going to do it, you know, like there's, there's a lot, there's some things that I was like, that I still kind of have going on right now. I'm not, I can't exactly talk about it, but that I'm still kind of hesitant on, but I know in the back of my head that if I just make myself super uncomfortable and go for it, that something positive is probably going to come out of it, you know? So you just got to make, it's like, if that's the one, that's the biggest fear I think people have to try to get over is getting over the fear of doing something. <laughs> that's such a hard thing to do. But if you can learn how to do that and, and you do it over and over, it's just like repetition. It's just like playing or, or, or hitting batting practice or whatever. It doesn't matter. It's just reps, 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 reps. And the more you do it, the better you get at it, the more confident you get at it. So it's uh, it's, I, I completely agree with you on that. All right, Jen, I know what you're thinking. You have questions on the voice. You want to know some of the experience? Yeah, I wanted to know, is there, was there a scenario of gratitude 
since my show is about gratitude yeah. um, that you had that just that just hit you from being on the voice or during that whole time of being uh yeah just getting on the show in the first place <laughs> yeah um yeah right well yeah well one yes one first of all yeah getting on the show in the first place but like the the thing for you know what you know it, here's when it hit me that like wow this thing's this is real like some stuff could actually happen after this like it was the uh it was it was after I got it was after I sang my save song which was I drive your truck by Lee Bryce and uh all my fans and everybody voted for me to save me on Twitter and it was at that point because after I can't remember what song that I sang before I sang my save song but I I lost the round I lost that round so I had to sing my save song and my friend my fans brought me back they they voted for me on Twitter and it was it was like it was ridiculous so I was like after that happened I was like okay I think I might be all right <laughs> you know so yeah there definitely was but like even just like just to go through that whole entire process from like from beginning to end from the time I got to LA to the time I got back here uh, in Nashville it was seven months um, seven months of filming and obviously that was back and forth we didn't stay out there for all seven months but um it was seven months of filming back and forth. We'd go out there for a couple months and be back here for one or a month and a half and go back and, you know, um, so it was a long, it was a long period of time that I had chunk, that I had to take out of my life to not knowing whether it was going to help me or hurt me or not, you know? So that was the big risk that I, that I was taking, but it was like, that was the point though. It was when my save song was whenever it was whenever it hit me. Yeah. Cause I was like, I was like, man, I, I was like, and it, I'll be hundred percent honest with you. I was like, I'm going home. And I was perfectly fine with that because at that point I made it to the top, I think it was top 10 wow. or something at that point. And I was like top 10 out of 94,000 people is exactly. awesome. Like that's so good. Yeah. <laughs> that's so hard to do. Yeah. <laughs> and you did you it. Know, what so, was your saved song? Yeah. What's that? What was your saved song that brought you back? Uh, I sang, what did I sing? Uh, I Drive Your Truck by Lee Bryce. And that's funny because I had Lee on my show. So I've interviewed oh, Lee. Nice. So, yeah, so Lee was great. He's supposed to hook me up with, um, it's not Clint Black. Um, I already interviewed Clint. Um, uh, Garth Brooks. He says yeah. okay, they might be doing something together. I, and I said, he brought up, oh, I'll get you, get you Garth. I said, okay, we'll see Lee. But no, but uh, that's funny. That's another coincidence. How many more coincidences are we going to have on the show today? I know. Well, hey, man. That's I, believe, I, believe, I believe things happen. So we yeah, might need to. There's a reason. There's a reason. We might need to talk after this. <laughs> exactly. Hey, Neil, I think, I think we just need to, you know, you're, you keep bringing these uh, men on lately. So I think, um, you know, you're getting that view, that little top table view thing happening more often here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I don't know how many men we have to count. I, I've lost track, but not that many. It's mostly women. But no, <laughs> so, uh, so I have a question, Josh. So um, your, your upcoming song, um, tell us about that. And what's the reason? I love the title. I want you to tell everybody the title about it. But tell us what, why the title and a little bit about the song. Uh, so the, the song's called Get Lost, and uh, I just thought, well, first of all, I love that title because, um, well, I'm such a joke, I'm such a jokester, I don't like, I mean, if I don't know if you guys can tell by now, but like, I don't take a whole lot of things too seriously, I'm pretty easygoing, so 
I like the I like stupid little phrases like get lost because in my head I'm like, hey, you get lost, get out of here. Like that. <laughs> but get lost, like get lost in the song in this sense for my single um, means at the very at the most simple form, what it means is you grab your other half, you tell the rest of the world to beat it for however long you guys want to go get lost and get out of the way of everything together. Just tell everybody, get rid of the phones, get rid of everything, whether, whatever it is, you know, you go, go on vacation, go to the beach, go camping, go, go to Paris, go to, go walk sunset, whatever, you know, just get away from everybody and grab your other half by the hand and say, let's go. You know, I need to get like, cause I know here, there's the thing, especially nowadays, it's like, with all this craziness going on, I feel like people could use the, I feel like people could use a slowdown a little bit, you know, and that's kind of really what this song talks about, you know, and obviously there, there's very country lyrics in it. It talks about, you know, uh, you know, go, going out into the boondocks and uh, all that kind of, you know, country lyric stuff and packing a cooler full of beer and pitching a tent and all that stuff, you know, but, but it doesn't actually mean that, you know, get lost to me means, Let's pick up and go. Let's go somewhere. Let's yeah. just get out of here, you know. And I think a lot. Of, I think I think people could use a lot of that, especially now, you know. But I mean, it, especially right now with all this craziness. But I think in general, I think people have lost focus of on doing that and going out and doing different activities and stuff like that with their other half or with their family or kids or whatever, you know. Because nowadays this world's so fast, man. It's like, oh my god. It's just like everybody needs to just go, just breathe, just chill, you know. So um, that's kind of really the big, that's the bigger picture of the song. Um, but, but it comes, yeah, it comes out on the September 18th. I'm really, really excited about it. So Jen, it comes out just in time to, for my retreat. So Josh, I do an annual retreat for women. It's a pajama retreat. We show up with no makeup. We're in our PJs all weekend. So we go and we get lost somewhere for the weekend. So I think yes. the new song we're going to be adding to our song list. And it's perfect because our retreat is September 23rd. So you're coming at the right yeah. time. So we'll make sure well, we... We'll do some well, selfie for you and get some playtime yeah. with it for you. Yeah, tag, tag me in it. I'll repost it. And you know why? You know why I released it on September 18th? Because I knew you were doing a retreat. <laughs> <laughs> Added to the theme. Added to the theme. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I love that. That's awesome. No, so you're going to wear PJs too? Right? Yeah. What was that? He's wearing PJs right now. You just didn't know it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, I just got out of the woods. I was hunting this morning, but yeah, technically I'm wearing PJs. Okay. Is that what you caught behind you? <laughs> no, that was last year's kill. Um, I didn't see anything this morning, but um, there's always tomorrow. So. Is that your <laughs> arrow? What was that, Jen? The bow and arrow and the, and the buck? Yeah, yeah. So I, kill, uh, I killed that buck last year. Uh, with my uh, during archery season and uh, <laughs> I actually I uh, whatever I have a I have a bobcat right in front of me you guys can't see uh, <laughs> I grew up with bobcats <laughs> yeah being on yeah they they, yeah. they killed it and it was it was in my brother's room I always grew up with all that hunting stuff yeah. and I love it I love you it. get it yeah you get it, you get it. so I had a bobcat <laughs> growing up that my grandfather yeah. gave me and I always had it in my room when I was a kid growing up this is just so strange but this is, a weird, this is like what is this like three or four five? <laughs> Wait, but josh, so, so what i love what you just said josh so i would go visit my uncle in upstate new york and outside of albany and um we would go we went one time it was hunting season and i didn't know it we we're sitting in the kitchen he's like hold on a second i'm like what because he had all this land he owned he's like i'll be right back and he goes out and he like 
gets a deer. And I'm like going, what? <laughs> like he just <laughs> yeah. to this patio and, you know, grabs, grabs the deer. I'm like he goes, I'll go get it later. I'm like, oh my gosh, <laughs> it's our yeah. first time ever around hunting. So I can be able to do that someday. Just be yeah. like, Hey, uh, hold on one second. Wow. Okay, I'll get later. <laughs> now, Josh, I want to take back. You said you went to the final. So the ten, who was the best mentor on the Voice for you that really helped Ooh. you the most? Uh, well, I, I, that's tough, man. I, so I, I was on Team Blake first, um, and he's awesome. That dude's so cool. Um, I lost my knockout round, and then I got stolen by Adam. And um, Adam's great too, man. Like they're, I just uh, like I honestly don't have one bad thing to say about any of the coaches that were on there, or any of the staff, whether that be guitar tech or producers or, or catering or whatever. Like there's everybody on there was the whole entire crew was just awesome. Um, but uh, I got to meet Garth Brooks while I was on there. Another coincidence. Um, yes. Weird. Well, so you're getting me Garth, right? You're gonna, you're gonna yeah, I'll get you. <laughs> yeah, I'll get you Garth. Garth. Yeah. Me and Leo are going to get you Garth. I'm on that show when we do Garth, okay? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but no, um, Garth was super, super cool, though. Um, so I got to I got to meet him, uh, Bette Midler. I got to meet her also. Um, she was really, really cool. But, I, I mean, I don't know, man. It's just like I grew up listening to country music. And, and you know, like I said earlier, you know, I, I had my phases growing up. I was like in little punk rock bands and garage bands and stuff. And I still, that's st that music still holds a place in my heart, which comes through in my music with, you know, all the heavier, distorted, overdriven guitars and stuff. But, um, but I've always been a country music fan. And so, so meeting, so meeting Garth and Blake was just like, wow. I was like, this is pretty cool. <laughs> what year was that season of The Voice? What year? Uh, 2016 in the, in the fall. Of, of okay, fall so I have to remember, I've done tours with them for the last, uh, working with NBC, yeah. radio slash TV tours with the finalists for probably the last three years. Some of the different okay. Yeah, it's pretty interesting. You get an interview, 10 of them, and you get them in like, they give you four an hour. And you're like, you did the tour. You know exactly that tour. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You're on with this station, okay? You four are on for eight minutes. It's like exactly. eight minutes. Are you kidding me? And then you're just like round robin, round robin. But they all say that. But it's something yeah. about people who get on the voice are so humble. I ask the same questions, and they talk about it, but they never talk about themselves, Jen. This is really true. Every voice finalist I've interviewed, top ten or even winner, because I had the honor to interview a winner, they are so humble. I don't know what it is. It must be the, just the, how they choose them and look at their specific stories and see their, their backgrounds, because it's, it's important when you're being coached to be coachable. Right. And then I'll throw oh, yeah. it question, Jen. Well, when you're, when you're humble, you're grounded. I think that that's one thing mm -hmm. that's really um, needed in the country. You know, if you're going into country Western or country, I grew up with country Western. Um, it, it's, you know, you have to have that grounding because your your music's got to be authentic. Country music has to be authentic. It has to be real. It can't, you know, it's it's just one of those. And ha you have to identify with the pain. You have to. I mean, it's it's so soulful. Yeah. Um, you know what I mean. So, and I and I write a little bit, but um, I, I love songwriting. It's just getting getting in it, getting stuff, and getting it in there. Who are some of your um, your heroes growing up in the country music world? 
Yeah, oh, man. Uh, it's tough to pinpoint just one um, or I even know. a couple for that matter, to be honest with you. But um, <clears throat> one of my fondest memories or some of my fondest memories uh, that I growing up, um, I remember, I always remember going out to uh, going out to camp. We had a camp out Glendale, Glendale year round, which was about 30, 40 minutes away from our house. And, um, you know, it was a year round. So there's, there's uh, a part of the campground where people just lived there. And then there was other places where you can, you know, you can rent cabins and tent and, you know, back your trailer in. And we had a permanent campsite there that my, uh, that my pap had, my dad's dad had back in the seventies. Then obviously my pap died, dad took it over. Um, uh, so we were always out there all the time and there was always country music playing always through, uh, out of, you know, out of our, out of our camp. And, um, I just, for some reason, the, one of the very first country artists I ever heard was, uh, Toby Keith mm-hmm. whenever I was younger, you know? Um, and, uh, God, I just don't know what it, I just, I'm just like, I just picture the camp and it's just this barn red screened in porch built onto the side of a super old trailer that I don't even know how they backed it in there. Like, just like, just like, it's like the coolest place in the world. But um, that's like one of my fondest memories is, is of country music out there is, is listening to Toby Keith out there at camp, just sitting around the fire or uh, cooking hot dogs or whatever, grilling, eating, fishing, whatever. So, um, and then we would always go, we, anytime we'd be driving around or we'd have to go to wherever, you know, I'd be in the back seat and, um, mom and dad were at that, at that time, mom and dad were, uh, big into, uh, Rascal Flats, their Melt album, which was, I think there was their first album. Oh no, it might've been their second. I think their first record was self-titled. doesn't matter. But, um, so I remember listening to a lot of Rascal Flats growing up too. Dwight Yoakam. My dad loves Dwight Yoakam. I used to listen to him a lot too. Still do. So, um, to say, to pinpoint just a couple of heroes is, is, is really, really tough. But I mean, I, I still, I think. I firmly believe that my country influence uh, you know, strongly came from the music that my parents listened to, you know, cause when you're a kid, you know, you don't get a choice. You just listen to what your parents listen to. So, so, um, and, and, and in this case, it, uh, it ended up working out because I love country music, but um, no, I mean, my, my biggest heroes and biggest influences are, you know, I'm a, I'm a huge Eric Church fan. That dude can write a song like no one else's business. God, he's good. Um, he just came out with a new single, Crazy Land, uh, I think yesterday or day before. If you guys haven't heard it, check it out. It's really, really good. But um, I love Eric Church. Um, there's some new writers coming up that I'm really, really, really into. Uh, Hardy's a really, really good writer. I like his style of music and his writing. But um, I just, I just kind of have a lot of different influences, you know, that I still listen to from growing up to, you know, to now, but I mean, in our, even in our sets though, we still, we cover, we do, we're doing a cover set. We do a lot of Toby Keith. We do several, um, Dwight Yoakam songs. And, and, uh, so it's just, I would say those two probably from my childhood are probably the biggest influence on my, on my country music career early, you know? Right. Have you, have you thought, has anybody done, uh, an album solely on hunting? Like here's all your hunting music. I don't think so. I don't know. That's a good question. <laughs> I wrote a song with Hillbilly Hammer, and it was about him hiding from his wife, ex-wife, and you know, <laughs> hiding from a deer in a deer. Yeah. Stuff. 
And I'm talking to him and I'm like, back it up, we're writing right now. And That's so, awesome. and I'm like, why hasn't anybody done an entire album on just hunting? Yeah. Maybe I'll be the first one. <laughs> you already have an idea, Josh. You gotta write yeah. it down. Hey, there you go. I, got, I got some stuff for it. I love Perfect. it. So Josh, um, to build up on the outdoors network. There you go. There oh, you go. Perfect. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. So, um, so kind of follow up on what you were saying. So we were talking about COVID and how it's changing everything and the concerts and stuff. So I'm going to really age myself here when I talk to tell you what I'm, my story is that I grew up going to concerts with Ronnie Millsap and Conway Twitty yeah. and Kenny Rogers. And that was back in the day that, I was the shortest one in all my friends. You could get up to the stage, but no problem. So that was back in the day that everybody threw their cameras on my neck and it pushed me up to the front of the stage. Yeah. Right? So, but now, you know, you have such a distance. I'm a big, I usually typically have always gone to CMA music festival. I've been, you know, yeah. done all that. And I, cause I just love that and that support and that, that connection. So where do you see us going? Like you talk about doing next year, where do you see us moving with the concerts and, and, probably the restrictions we're going to have with doing concerts. I was seeing somebody showed, I don't know if it was here in the U S but where they had like these little pods of people standing in these little areas. I don't know if you've seen it, but um, uh, yeah. So like these little pods and there's like a group of four or five, and then there's a space group of four or five. So where do you see, or where would you like to take your, your concerts to try to do that connection and, and have that? I loved that connection. I missed that connection going to concerts in yeah. that, you know, so where do you see, where do you see that for country music? I don't know. You know, that's a good question. I'm, I mean, I'm a positive person. I tend to look at the glass half full. That's just me naturally. So in my head, I'm hoping that I would love to get back to playing full packed arenas and all that. You know what I mean? <laughs> but, but I don't, I don't know if, I don't really know if that's going to happen. I, I don't, I don't really, I don't really know. That's a good question. You know, I don't know how they're going to be able to do, tours and concerts next year i know that right now um uh what are they drive-in concerts are really really big um and they're they're going over really well which i think is a good idea uh you know as far as right now with all the social distancing and stuff because you go to a drive-in anyway you're in your vehicle or close to it and you're you know six feet whatever apart from people so um I just don't know how they're going to like, I don't know. I don't know how they're going to regulate um, people in an, in an arena or in a uh, stadium or even a theater or, or fair or festival um, without having, without having people eventually just go, you know what? Screw you. We're going to do what you want. We're going to do what we want. You know what I mean? Because um, I mean, I don't know. You guys have all been to concerts before, whether they're country concerts or not, but um especially country concerts, um, people like to party a lot. Like people take, I mean, they'll show up at like, so we would go, before we moved down here to Nashville, we would go, Lindsay and I and a bunch of our friends, we would go to Pittsburgh every year for the Kenny Chesney concerts. Oh, yes. And you, you know how those are, man. Like we oh, get yeah. there. I've never gone, there. but we all know oh. about the cleanup process after Kenny Chesney. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, it's, it's bad. But we uh we we go every year and we get there at seven in the morning and start cracking beers and tailgating and the show doesn't start till seven that night. So like country country people tailgate and they party hard and whenever the booze kicks in, they like to do dumb stuff. So I don't know how I don't know how they're gonna be able to do concerts next year. Um 
without having some sort of regulations in place to where you can you're gonna there to where they can keep people a certain you know group of people in a certain area without having them go without having the booze kick in and them go oh we're gonna rush the stage you know so i don't know it'll be interesting to see i mean i do i do wish and i hope that all this stuff just we can get a handle on it and we can just get back to a normal life especially for 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 musicians and and artists because i miss we played our first band show since march when all this stuff happened, we played our first band show, I think two Fridays ago, it was Old Red. It was at Blake's Bar downtown in Nashville here. And it was a blast. It was four piece, just four of us on stage. Um, obviously nobody could stand up. Tables were six feet apart. Nobody on the dance floor. You only had 90 minutes at a table. So they were like, you know, shuffling different crowds and stuff in. But it'd be just to get on stage to play music again, even though it wasn't packed full and there wasn't people in your face, just to stand on stage and play music again was like, it felt so good. Like I just, I wanted to stay there. We had four hours to play and I was like, let's just stay and play for eight. <laughs> like just to get back on stage felt really, really good. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens for next year. You talked about the drive-in. I can tell you a group of friends and I, we were talking about that and I'm like, I don't want to go sit in a drive-in and watch it on the big screen when I can sit at home and watch it. So I think Josh needs to go show up at a drive-in and just be there live. That's right. Okay. I, I pay for that. And we have one right here in Ruskin, Florida. So if you want to come down, I got a place you can stay. We can hook you up, I'm sure. But that's what I think. I would love to see somebody. Just, plug in a man. Yes. Concert you venue. show up and you're there. I'm in. Your life. No, just go. No. I'm in. I'm down. Let's do it. You give me a contact. Yeah. I'll talk about the sucker. <laughs> yeah, and I'm serious about that hunting album, too. That'd be cool. I, w- I wouldn't. I mean. God, as as much as I hunt. A lot of celebrities on board. It's every year. It's just my wife doesn't see me. So (laughs) I'm in the woods all the time. So that's actually a good idea. I dig that. (laughs) I forget my contact with this one um, has does an outdoor show. I forgot who I interviewed. I interviewed so many different people off the connect you, Josh. But now Jen has a question. um, But you're, again, speaking about performances, pro wrestling, independents are hurting big time guys yep. that only a couple big organizations are wrestling so they're just dealing the same type of performer stuff as well and then i could get back to like you know being involved in training guys and stuff because i back when i was open to it i'm just still concerned about covid but i'm hoping by november we'll we'll see changes or maybe a vaccine in october and i, I bet you don't be surprised that happens that there's a vaccine right before the election uh, i wouldn't uh, i wouldn't uh, i think I think when November 3rd comes, <laughs> I think when November 3rd comes, everything's going to go, oh, we fixed it. That's what I keep saying. <laughs> weird, huh? Weird. Everything's fine now. Yeah. Right. Yeah, exactly. I don't think that election will be uh, told who's the winner by till 2021. That's another prediction I'll give you right there right now. I think yeah. you're going to have uh, no one concede till 2021. That yeah. I mean, it's, it's looking a lot like the election between Bush and, uh, and Gore, really. Yeah. Two yeah. people really not having a strong, strong candidate. Gore was doing so, and then Bush like, yeah, and then it just all went. So we'll see. Yeah. We'll see the map. We'll see. It'll be, uh, it'll it's it's going to be good theater for those next couple months. That's all I watch. I mean, sports is kind of like, no, I watch I watch politics. That's my uh, sports to watch right now. Even though no, sports is not, no. not fans, it's yeah. not sports. It's, it's weird, man. I was watching September. I don't care. Steelers can have no crowd. 
you know, it'll be on CBS yeah. one o'clock kickoff. Then I'll, then I'll be back watching sports. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Well, I, was, I was watching baseball the other day and I, uh, I just turned it on and it was, uh, the play before there was an out. They, some, whatever, they just made it out. I can't remember who was playing, but they just made the out. And then they, they, uh, they switched cameras and went back to, uh, you know, the, they went back to the plate and I was like, Oh, those are cardboard people in the in the stands. Exactly. <laughs> or you yeah. like what the WWE did with the with the monitors? That's weird. Where all yeah, the fans that, are watching. That was like like that was like a Tron like thing. Yeah, I watched them once. Weird. I'm like that just really. You see all the reactions. I could imagine wrestling there and then seeing the fans are monitors. That right. that was freaky. I don't know what. How do they even do that? How do they, even do that? They, they pre-record. The, okay, so they're like, all right, this is. Here's this is what we need your reaction to be on three one two three. Oh, I, I think they're streaming it. I saw a lot streaming it. Yeah, a lot. I, I'm not check that. I just saw it sometimes, but I'm not really into it to that point unless yeah. I get back in the ring again. But all right, right. Jen. Now Jen's gonna ask that final question of gratitude. Well, you're not wrong. You're not wrong on that. How's everybody yeah. supposed to have their reactions? Like somebody yeah. in the court. One, two, three. Everybody exactly. raise their hands. Oh my God. It's so weird watching crowds and everything, but we'll get there. No yeah, we'll call it wrestling in the South. You're going to have to get up with the times, man. Wrestling. wrestling. Yeah, but wrestling. yes, we understand that. I know wrestling. I have good Dusty friends. Rhodes, man. That's Dusting where I'm Just Freedoms, their show. Shout out to them that they, uh, one was a, is a pro wrestler and he's trying to get me to manage other pro wrestlers' management to get them other bookings. So we'll see. I, I wear multiple hats. Jen, go ahead with your <laughs> final question for Josh before we promote the album. I mean, the uh, song released on. Oh, my gosh. Josh, what was, what's one of your favorite songs that you've written besides Ooh. the one that's coming out? Uh, that's a tough one. I, I, that's a, you know, I get that question a lot. And um, it's all your babies. That's why. Ah oh, man, yeah, right, exactly. I just like there's something about like so you you mentioned earlier that that you do a little bit of writing and yeah. um you said that that's like one of your favorite things to do and I for me that's my favorite. Like I oh, don't get me wrong, I love standing on stage and chugging beers. I, I have I I don't know what it is, but and I don't have any I don't have anything to to go off of and there's no like guaranteed you know set in stone anything but. Um, I really still have a, a good feeling about the rest of this year um, as far as um, specifically talking about like, you know, my career and things like that. Cause it, you know, everybody has taken such a hit with all this stuff going on right now. Um, and 2020 was, was uh, at the beginning of the year was looking to be really, really good. And then all this stuff happened and everybody you know, kind of started getting down a little bit, but it's starting to pick back up. So I think, I think for me, it's just that positive outlook is just the biggest thing for me to to just make sure, and not just me, but I think everybody should try to focus on the positive and at the because there is a light at the end of the tunnel. You know, um, we may not be able to see it right now, but um, there there's still good things that can come out of the the rest of this year. Um, so that's that's a big thing for me. It's just I just have to, I don't know I just have a feeling there's something's gonna happen. I don't know what it is yet. But I just have a feeling that something really good's going to happen <laughs> by the end of this year. So, and I hope everybody gets lost doing it. <laughs> yes, hey, I like that. <laughs> I like that plug. Good plug. <laughs> yeah.
yeah, right. <laughs> Love it. That's great. Awesome. All right, All right. so Jen's ready to close us out. So go ahead, Jen. Oh, Josh, how do our listeners get in touch with you? Uh, well, so you can follow me on Instagram and Facebook, Twitter. I'm now I'm now on TikTok apparently because um, I have to be. <laughs> but um, no, so yeah, it's all Josh. So all my social medias are uh, Josh Gallagher, Josh Gallagher Music, um, and then uh, JGMusic.net is my website. If you guys want to go uh, go check out, we just got uh, we just got a whole new uh, line of merch, and uh, we're getting ready to work on some new merch for this new single and for our. Uh, for camo crew which is our hold on words are harder which is our fan club sorry <laughs> so uh so go check out uh, jgmusic.net and see uh see i would say i wouldn't normally say see when we're playing in a town near you but i don't know when that's going to be so go check out some merch on there but uh if you guys don't follow us on uh, on social media please feel free to do so i love you forever it's not mandatory but we can still be friends if you do or not <laughs> i love that i absolutely love that <laughs> and I want to thank you for being on your beautiful day at the Gratitude Radio Network. Um, we've been thank listening you. I to Josh Gallagher, and his single is going to be released September 18th called Get Lost, which we hope all of you will, whether you have a significant other or not. Right, Josh? That's right. Yep, that's right. Get out and just get away. Just go yeah. get. Get away. <laughs> get. Yeah, get out of here. Remember. <laughs> and I'd like to thank Pearl Sharenza, our life coach. Neil Haley, my PR guy, Josh Gallagher for being on the show. And remember, you are blessed, you are loved, and you are sacred. Mwah. I love you. Have a beautiful day. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.